We begin or continue this morning our One Another series. And as I read to you from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11, I'm going to ask you to grab your hymnal and not yet, but at um, the appropriate time, we will be doing a responsive reading. So just hang on to it. I'm going to tell you where to go in a, in a few minutes. But first, I want you to just have your hymnal out and be ready because you're going to turn to a responsive reading just before we get to um, communion. But this morning's text is Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." Let us pray. Hide me behind the cross, Lord. Articulate your heart through my voice to your people. Let the transformation of our lives be wrought thoroughly by the Holy Spirit in response to your truth. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to remind you today of our vision of what one anothering means. I've started every message on one anothering with the same concept, and I want to continue that for the next two weeks after this as we continue our one anothering series before we get to Advent. But our one anothering series says if we want to be like Jesus, we have to do life the way Jesus did. We have talked about how we can give whatever we are learning about. Today, we're going to talk about how we give value to other people. How we can receive whatever we are learning about. How Jesus was our example. Last week, we talked about loving one another and how it is that love often looks like loving someone that we don't understand or that doesn't look like us. Two weeks ago, we talked about discipling one another and how it is our responsibility to both hear and give warning to each other, but always with a covering of grace and forgiveness. 
Three weeks ago, we talked about caring for one another and the way in which Jesus models one another in grief. We studied encouraging one another before that, and we closed that week's message with a promise from John 16:33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And these words stand as an encouragement and reminder of the victory that we have in Christ. But today's message is based almost entirely on two things. Who Jesus is and how that matters to what we think of one another and others. You see, we have to start today's sermon with an understanding of who Jesus is. Who Jesus has been throughout all eternity. Jesus didn't just come into being at the birth that we celebrate at Christmas time. Jesus was from the very beginning. Jesus is God. And it is understanding that divinity, that piece of who Jesus is, that should change how we understand some of the things that happened in Jesus' life while he was among us. You see, Paul is telling us some very deep things about Jesus in this passage. But he starts by telling us that we have to be just like him. You see, he says, you should not do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit in humility. Value others above yourselves. Because that's the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who was God, who is God, who is in his very nature God, but he made himself nothing. How can we have that mindset? It seems opposite of everything we're taught about how we should value ourselves. To think that we should make ourselves nothing or that we should take the very nature of a servant. But that's exactly what Jesus did. Imagine for a minute a king is sitting on his throne and he has discovered that there was a rebellion in a far off country. And he's decided that the only way that he can quell that rebellion is by going to that place and meeting with the people. But he can't tell them he's the king. So he sheds all of the things that make him king. His crown, his clothes, and he goes out in rags among the people where they have this rebellion going on. And he starts to talk to them. And he says to them, hey, maybe you have a wrong idea about who the king is. And as he does that, 
the people get increasingly agitated with him. Now he's the king. So at any point in time, he has the ability to call on armies to come and rescue him. But he chooses not to do that. And instead, to quell the rebellion entirely, he dies in this far-off land where people never realize that he's the king. Now you might say, well, that sounds like a really weird story. But that's exactly what Jesus did. He came to the people who were opposed to him. And before you think, well, maybe it was, you know, just those people were opposed to him. No, he came to those people who are just like we are. If Jesus walked into the room today, there's a really good chance we would reject him. Not because we don't want to know God better. Just because we're not quite seeing with the right view. And so it is that God, in human form, came to us as a human, one of us, he set aside all of the things that made him king, that gave him honor, that could have rescued him. And he came for us, for you, for me. He came as a servant. And he came to be obedient to God, even to the point of death. And you might say, well, okay, it makes sense. He was God. He, he did that. He, um, he did that. He died on the cross. But, I mean, you know, while he was alive, he wasn't doing all that much, you know, servant stuff. Oh, no, that's, that's not true. You see, Jesus knew what was going to happen in his lifetime. He had information about what was going to happen next. And yet, he even washed the feet of his betrayer. Did you know that? Did you know that as Jesus sat at a table at the Last Supper that he knew was his last meal, sitting three or four seats away from him, maybe across the table from him, was the one who was going to betray him, who was going to cast aside everything he had learned, everything he had done while he had followed Jesus, 
and who was going to turn him over to the authorities who were going to kill him. And not only was he present, but Jesus knew who he was, knew what he was about, knew exactly what was going to happen next. And yet, this is what Jesus did. He walked up to Judas. He had a bowl of water and a towel. He knelt down in front of him. He took off his shoes, his sandals, and he washed his feet. It was a servant's task. It was not a job that someone of power would do ever. And yet he did. And even after he washed his feet, after he knelt down in front of the one who would betray him, he fed him. Judas was at the table. He participated in the bread and the wine. Judas was part of all that happened. He received grace. Now he made his own choices. There were things that he did that were his own choice to do. What happened to him after the crucifixion? That was his choice. Because you see, Peter, who was also at the supper, who also had his feet washed, who also participated in the bread and the wine, Peter also sort of betrayed Jesus a little. Maybe not in the same way, but he did deny he even knew who he was. And after Jesus forgave him. Jesus and Peter had a conversation about what Peter's life was going to look like after. And it included the idea that Peter loved Jesus and Jesus loved Peter. Now can you imagine, for even a second, that you know that someone has betrayed you or someone will betray you. And instead of calling them out on it, you offer them grace. Think of the person in your life, and I'm sure that for most of us there's someone, the one person in your life who has done the most harm to you, who has hurt you the most. And now imagine that that person is sitting across from you. And instead of denouncing their behavior, instead of calling them out for what they've done, you kneel down beside them. You slip off their shoes and socks and you wash their feet. 
So that's a little weird for us in the modern context. You buy them dinner. You go over and you cut their grass. You babysit their kids. You give them a hug. You offer them grace even though they've hurt you. That's a really hard thing. But scripture tells us that's exactly what we're called to do. And we're called to do it not of our own power, but we're called to do it in the exact same way that Jesus did it, which is through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is through the power of God. It is within our power to access God's power. And by that, to do as Jesus did. So you remember at the beginning of the message this morning, I asked you to have your hymnals out and ready. If you would turn in your hymnal to hymn number 254. This is the tail end of the Philippians passage that we started with. But it seemed to me that the best way to sort of imprint this idea of having the mindset of Christ in valuing others higher than ourselves was to read this. You see, when Paul was reading or writing this to the Philippians, it was a hymn, it was a song that they were singing in church. It was something they knew and recognized. And he wrote it out for them as a way to underscore what he was talking about. So we're going to read it together. In a responsive reading. As a reminder and an underscore of the exact same thing. So if you would please stand this morning. I'm going to read the faint print and I'm going to ask you to read the bold. 254. The Apostle Paul reminds us, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. But made himself nothing. 
being made in human likeness. And became obedient to death. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. And gave him the name that is above every name. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. You can sit down. When we value others as higher than ourselves, we are committing to the idea that our value is not found in who we are personally or what we have accomplished or what we have done. But our value is found entirely in the Jesus who loves us and who has given himself up for us. As we get ready to celebrate communion this morning, again, we are celebrating communion every week during this series because it is through the breaking of bread together with each other at the table of Christ that we see most clearly our unity through him. I pray that you would also see this morning the way in which the communion table defines your value in Christ. God, we come before you in humility, for we do not live as we ought. 
We do not love you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We do not love our neighbor as ourselves, so we pray in all humility that you will change our hearts and minds, that you will show us again how to love others the way you love us, that you will put power and courage in our hearts to do your will. This we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake as we gather at this table. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who by your Spirit was anointed to preach good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, set at liberty those who are oppressed. Christ healed the sick, fed the hungry, ate with sinners, and established the new covenant for forgiveness of sins. We live in the hope of his coming again. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we gather as the body of Christ to offer ourselves to you in praise and thanksgiving. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these your gifts. Make them by the power of your Spirit to be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one in Christ, one with each other, and one in the ministry of Christ to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the power and the glory forever. Amen. I would ask you to stand. And as you do, we will get ready to we will get ready to take communion together, receive communion together. This is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for you to preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you and be thankful. I'm going to ask you to come with your hands cupped to receive the bread and to partake.
thank you that you graciously feed us. We who have duly received these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the body and blood of our Savior Jesus Christ, by this you assure us of your favor and goodness towards us. We are incorporated into the mystical body of your Son, the blessed company of all the faithful people. We are heirs through hope of your everlasting kingdom. By the merits of Christ's precious death and passion, assist us with your grace, Heavenly Father, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and walk in goodness the way you have prepared for us, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom, with you and the Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory now and forever. Please open your hands and your hearts to receive the blessing. May the presence of Christ that you have known today be with you through the rest of this week. May you always recognize the abundance of God's grace, love, and mercy in your life, and thankfully and joyfully spend it on those around you who need it most. May you never forget that you are loved, and because he loved you, you can love those around you. You have been to church. Now go be the church. Amen. You are dismissed.